So you heard just a few minutes ago from Nathan Friedland, works as an ER nurse at the Lakeshore General. You know all about the tough times that they're having there. When I say they, obviously, if you're a patient, and I remember seeing so many emails, so many texts from people describing the terrible situation there. Aaron Durfel of the Gazette had a piece on emergency room waiting times, comparing them here, and I'll ask him to do that in a second to what they are, for example, in England. Uh, but then there's a story now beyond that. This is the news story. I guess it'll be in tomorrow's Gazette on the fact that wait times, just plain old wait times for Quebecers to receive medical consultations keep growing longer and longer despite what the government says it's trying to do and apparently is in the right or heading in the right direction to do. But Aaron, before we get to that part of the story, so we're speaking to this gentleman from the Lakeshore uh, and he acknowledges that yes, things are bad, but explains why. And I want you to hear this, this clip here. All we can do is stabilize cross our fingers, transport, and hope the patient doesn't die. And that's totally unfair on the West Island, totally unfair to the nurses and doctors trying to save these people's lives, and nobody mentions it. So he's making the case, and he's not saying, you know, uh, that they're doing things the right way. He's just saying they're kind of stuck in a situation where they, they can't make things better. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, I 100% agree. It's um, they're caught between a rock and a hard place, and uh, they have um, they don't have enough staff. They've hired, but there's a high turnover, and uh, it's a collision of these two forces. You have the aging of the population, and you have burnt out um, uh, ER nurses who are quitting, leaving those who are left, you know, um, with uh, you know more difficult uh, clinically more difficult cases, and. Um, and so that's why they're in this situation. They're they're just they're they're trying to stabilize, and and sometimes, you know, they while tending to one patient, they're not tending to the right. to another patient, and 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 things can get uh, worse. And the problem with that is, as much as you can recognize that that's the situation, as I said to him, as is pretty obvious here, it's not something you could flip a switch and change just overnight. Exactly, it's going to take. Uh, uh, years to to bring the numbers back up. I mean, this is just a uh, decision making by the government of tragic uh, proportions, and this is actually where one could criticize the former Liberal government because, uh, and even the form, and then even the former Pekis government before them, that we knew our population was aging, and so why were we cutting enrollment in medical schools and, and cutting enrollment in nursing programs? And now, belatedly, we're you know we're boosting enrollment in these programs. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it just yeah. boggles the mind. That's part of the story. And I know you wrote about that yesterday. Just really quickly, if you want to summarize for people, maybe you didn't see it. So you actually went ahead and compared emergency room waiting times with of all places, England and tell everybody what you discovered. Yeah. So in England, there's this growing outrage because one in 10 patients is, is waiting 12 hours. Their whole episode in the ER is 12 hours. And there's outrage. And, you know, there's justifiable outrage. So there they have their cherished National Health Service, and um, it's under pressure there, too. So there's an ER crisis. When you compare the situation with Quebec, 30% of, of ER patients are spending uh, 24 hours on stretchers in hallways in ERs in Quebec. And this is somehow, you know, being tolerated. The government objective is that no one should be spending uh, 24 hours on a stretcher in the ER. And just that episode, the stretcher in the ER, that's not the whole uh, ER state because people first, you know, are in the waiting room after they're, they register and then they have to be seen by a doctor and then they're put on the stretcher. And, uh, and so, uh, 
you know, in that comparison, what that underscores is uh, what what is what is now not being tolerated in England is a, a far worse situation. Somehow, yeah. our politicians are tolerating here in Quebec. And let's uh, continue along this theme from bad to worse. So you covered emergency room times, this particular situation here, as I started to mention off the top. Uh, the newest issue now is waiting times, and that's just for consultations with medical specialists. Where are we on this? Yes. So the system works, you know, you see your family doctor. It could be, you know, you have a mole or something. You're worried about it. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have to, what that means is the doctor then contacts uh, this um uh, this, uh, you know, repartition, um, it's this uh, center to, that handles referrals. It's this bureaucratic uh, thing. And then they, uh, um, they put you on a wait list for a referral to a dermatologist. But, you know, there are just 200 dermatologists for all of Quebec. So right now, when you look at the, uh, at the statistics just for, for dermatology, and, you know, these are not, are not simply benign things. It's the longest list. It's, it's 107,000 Quebecers who are um, just waiting for their first consultation uh, with a dermatologist. And, you know, 66,000 of them are waiting past what is considered the medically acceptable delay. And, you know, it's the same thing, uh, well, not as bad, but but you still have these long delays for orthopedic surgery. And that's why you have some people, there are two wait lists. The wait list to, to be seen by a medical specialist, and then often the wait list for the surgery. So that's why, you know, you have cases where from start to finish, it takes two years to get your hip replacement. And that uh, also explains why more and more Quebecers are going to uh, the private sector. Right. There's a hospital in Laval to, to pay out of pocket after their taxes, you know, uh, $20,000, to, $30,000 to get this orthopedic surgery. So the government clearly is aware of this. I mean, I've heard Christian Dubé speak to this lots and lots of times and suggesting that things are getting better slowly. Is that the case? Well, no, that's not the case because when you look at, uh, you look at, uh, at, at the trend lines, right? So there are three trend lines. The number of people waiting for a medical consultation, that's going up. Then you have the, the number of, uh, of, of medical consulta consultations past the delay, that's going up. And then, but... The, the 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 trend line for the medical consultations that are that are being carried out within the the, the allotted delay, that's going um, that's going down. So you, you know you want that to go up, and you want the other lines to go down, and it's the reverse. And so you know you have in total eight hundred and thirty-one thousand eight hundred and twenty-one Quebecers who are waiting for a consultation with a medical specialist, and it's urology, it's gynecology. Uh, it's it's uh, dermatology, it's orthopedics, it's a whole bunch of uh, gastroenterology, whole bunch of uh, specializations, and it just speaks to again the enormous pressure that our system is under, uh, the shortage of specialists we have, and it raises concerns about the potential negative impact on on patients' health while they wait. Where's the fix here, Aaron? I mean, again, we're in a situation where the government recognizes this is a problem and it's getting worse, not better, despite what they say. Yet, again, it's not one of those problems that you're going to fix in a day or a month or even in six months. It requires hiring, obviously, more doctors, uh, more specialists in this case. Where's the solution here? Well, you know, th this, is, this is something, sadly, I was predicting, uh, you know, during the, 
the acute phase of the pandemic, that this fallout is going to last for years. So, you know, you have what I was mentioning a moment ago, the Centre de Répartition des Demandes des Services, the CRDS. This is this kind of, they have these, you know, different centers that re- that manage the referrals by region. And uh, that was supposed to make things a little bit more uh, efficient. Uh you know, they can improve the IT system. They're, they're talking about, you know, moving towards um, these electronic uh, medical records that could somehow speed things up. You know, in Quebec, we still use uh, fax machines. And um, and that is slowing things down. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, in the in the long term, you're talking about you know, training more medical specialists, but it could, ta- it could take 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. to uh, refer a specialist. Again, this raises the question as to why our governments in the past didn't see this coming. They should have seen this coming, the demographic uh, graying of our population, and uh, but they didn't. They did the opposite, and now we're paying the price. Aaron Durfel, with more grim news. There's never good news when it comes to health care. Aaron, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure.